Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. Uh, we're up to episode 17, se- season 2, ep- oh sorry, season 3, episode 1. Are you right there, Father Ted? So we've actually made it to season 3 now and with me today I've got two Johnnies. I've got Nicola and McCoy. So how are you doing, gents? Alternatively fantastic. But alternatively <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> ah, not too bad myself now, I have to say. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, well, you boys are both members of the Belfast Comedy Writers with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the minute we're working on a sketch show, which is going to be put on in Belfast in October. Hence the circle yeah. jerk, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the circle jerk of, uh, of self-promotion, yeah. But we've got, we got to do it. We've got to sell yeah. these tickets, man. We've got That's to get true. our careers on the, on the line. we so, got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it right here. <laughs> you heard it right here. Exclusive. Exclusive. Don't our stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you can't pirate, see, uh, you can't pirate theatre, so maybe theatre's the future. And the other thing is, theatre is like the ultimate true 3D. So, you know, there's a cinema across the road that boosts 3D. It's, it's still just a flat screen, whereas yeah. theatre is genuine 3D. It's like... Proper, like, I do remember that. I, I seen, I think it was the Avengers. I was like, this is 3D, but where's Samuel L. Jackson's legs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember I did see what like the uh, Behold the Sons of Ulster as the March Toward the Summon thing. 3D in this is fantastic, but then again, it's theatre, so well, there you go, there you go. Uh, and that was in the lyric, was it? Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was, it was kind of good for like a because like a, a friend of mine wanted to go watch it because like she's like you know big into her like her plays and she wanted like, we are people in our 30s, we need to go watch theatre. We need to sit down and watch theatre. Yeah, we've got to be cultured now. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner like, parties, yeah, theatre. I'll watch some theatre. I'll watch, watch the shit out of theatre. I was watching it and like, before I watched it, I'd be like a, a friend of work. It's like, I'm like Catholic, but like, you know, I don't really care. So I'll go watch anything once. Right. But there's a guy in my workplace who's kind of like a bit of a, a true blue. Very, very. And like, he was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go see this like this big fun, like, you know, like Protestant, like heavy, like, you know, uh, like piece of cultural drama, you know, like, and he was like, oh, that sounds sweet. Tell me how it went. And he's like, very like, he's a, He's very old, staying. I'm gonna say like just gonna say he's kind of homophobic, right? Okay, and uh, because that that comes with his like his character. But I ended up watching this here, and uh, there's a bit of a gay play part in this where like two guys make out, and I have I, I keep recommending him to go see it, and he's he's getting psyched up. But I haven't told him that there's like two guys kissing in it. Well, hopefully he sees it before the episode comes out, before this podcast comes <laughs> out. <laughs> 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 so bothered, but do, do you reckon do you reckon it would change his uh, his opinion? Do you reckon it, art has that power? Or I don't know. Well, well, there's people in work have suspicions about him, but... Oh, really? He's <laughs> just really, really closeted or something? Mm. Or? But, like, I want him to watch it there. I really hope he doesn't see it as linked on the thing, because he might watch it, but... It's one of those situations, like, you know, like, you watch it, and, like, don't tell him. Make him watch for yourself, and then ask for his reaction afterwards. Right. I'd, I'd maybe just... I may, may not, maybe not promote this mm. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you'd have to do lots of promoting. Mm. That's your contract for being on here. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a double tell. Yeah, I'll do a double All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, but yes, so we're up to uh, season three. Now, they did take a two, well, a two-year sort of hiatus between the end of season uh, two and the start of season three. So season three started on the 13th of March of 1998. So just to fill people in of what was going on around then, um, in Ireland, uh, well, a, fa- a Smashing Pumpkins fan, Bernadette O'Brien, who was 17, was killed at a concert in the Point Theatre. Did you ever hear about that? No. No. Uh, yeah, so they, she got crushed in a, a sort of mosh pit. And uh, Darcy Rescue and and uh, you know Billy Corgan were telling them yeah. stop moshing. This is getting dangerous. And right enough, uh, she died. She was taken backstage and tried to administer um, administer help. Moshing or smashing pumpkins? Yeah, I, smash expect, I expect that like a heavy metal concert, not like smashing pumpkins have heavy tunes, man. But 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 you know they are heavy. Like yeah. well, maybe it goes to show like you know like maybe like the heavy metal bands like they're very conscientious about their moshing. Like they've got a, an etiquette that the smashing pumpkins were not aware of. Well, th- this might be it. This might be it. I've uh, heard stories that before where there have been like everyone calm down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was at a modest mouse gig in uh, I think it was the Royal Albert nice. Hall, and they had to tell people just to 
Chill the fuck out. And the bouncer, mm-hmm. <laughs> Isaac Brock, the lead singer, actually started beating up a bouncer for being a bit heavy handed with the, the crowd. That's, so, a, that's <laughs> a very responsible moshing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. In the Royal Albert Hall, too. That's a, that's a really grandiose building. Actually, all the tickets always you said no moshing, no crowd surfing. Oh, yeah, but, kicked well, moderate no, moshing. They, like, they also say no cameras, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon some moderate moshing is allowed as long as, like, you know, like, you know, as long as you don't bring your personal stuff into it. That's, that's the totally yeah. so, As long as you don't have like, big chains or something that you're <laughs> flying around. You know, knocking people out. Uh, but uh, Mary Robinson was the first Irish president to visit the UK, which I was very surprised about in really? 1997. Uh, yeah, and wow. apparently the British government didn't want didn't want to address her as a president of Ireland, so they said it President Mary Robinson of Ireland because they didn't want to acknowledge the president of Ireland. Which I said president because Mary she was Robinson a woman or because she was Irish. I don't. I, I'm not actually sure. I just I just uh, read some of the uh, interview there, or yeah. she did an interview with RT Radio, and they were saying, yeah, we had to get around all these all these little things. So. I think it was because they didn't want to recognise Ireland as a present, taken away from the <laughs> glorious empire and everything. But uh, <laughs> we're talking about the Commonwealth too often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, TG4 had launched, mm. uh, and Ballykiss Angel debuted. Ah, Ballykiss. Oh, so yeah. it's it sh- on the past. Well, exactly. Yeah. So like Ireland was starting to really like, implant itself <laughs> in, in sort of British culture and mainstream culture in the UK. And what was happening in the UK as well was the Labour government got in uh, with a massive landslide in '97. And of course, uh, Princess Diana died. Ah, that's right. Was that the same year? It was yeah, late ninety seven or August ninety seven. So yeah. actually, we're coming up to. Oh, we did have an episode that's nearly twenty years old at yeah. this point. Well, wow. it's nineteen now. So when we started this, yeah. the episodes were twenty one years old, and now they're nineteen years old. So if I have a existential crisis throughout this episode, like. Don't panic. This happens that's sometimes. That's okay. Now, the windows are very big and right. they will open wide enough for you to jump out of. I would just say don't, if you are going to jump out of them, watch the hi-fi, all right? So no, at this height, I just hurt myself. I'm not I'm being realistic. He, he, is, he, is, he, he jogs. No, he, he'll, his legs will take on. Yeah. His angles might. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there was also uh, a few things like the Did Mad Cow Disease and the McLeibel case. Ah, oh, Mad Cow Disease. Classic, classic yeah. disease <laughs> well, Sort of related, the McLeibel case. Do you know what that is? Uh, no, to, McDonald's? Yeah, that's right. Two yeah. environmental activists sued McDonald's and this was like an 88. They sued them. They finally got their result, which was largely in favour of McAdee's. But uh, basically, they, they, said, they were the ones that actually publicised the fact that, you know, the jobs were shite, the... Uh, the, the conditions of the animals that were you were doing were shite like everything like they weren't uh, they weren't actually making mm-hmm. proper food and everything uh, and they sued these two like environmental activists uh, who were pretty much nobodies but they also sued the Guardian and those other newspapers mm-hmm. who just relented at the first opportunity these two guys actually brought Anyone up who the whole way just went for it yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but yeah so into that uh, into that we had the return of Fathered Head. And just one week before the series was about to debut on Channel Four, of course, Dermot Morgan died. Yeah, oh, right, that's right. Yes. So this is like this is, he was already dead whenever this came out. This yeah, thing. so they actually it was postponed, wasn't it? Yeah, they they postponed the first episode by a week, so they were going right. to they were going to debut it on the eighth uh, of March, but they actually debuted it instead. What did he die again? So he just, uh, I don't have the exact date in front of me. Uh, but I reckon because I know that like you know your guy uh, Kelly, he also. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, it was twenty eighth of February, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I can reckon, like every single year, Arlo Hanlon is just going to just put himself in a box. Yeah. yeah. And not to, it's like a final destination situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't do anything for us. Yeah. Day. He's just sitting there in the twenty eighth of February every year. Oh God, don't let it happen. Here's the phone call in court. Go. Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll, I'll call you next year then. <laughs> yeah. I just want to also give a shout out to the congregation here. Uh, 
We have this guy on Reddit, uh, mm. Darth Quig, who gives a full explanation of uh, US television in response to our episode 14, uh, where I asked what the situation you was. You have people analysing your stuff in their own shows now? Uh, yeah, we full response. It was a full I listened text. to that as well, and can I just say Quig, I think it's a Red Dwarf reference? Possibly, possibly. Because there's an episode Quig is where Rimmer decides that Holly is senile and like past it. So he makes like a sort of dictator, totalitarian uh, character called Quig as his replacement, but he, it's all it's ah. all Holly messing up with him. And so Darth Quig, so like yeah, Darth so it's, it's it's kind of like an evil thing. That's what maybe is the only reason he came on so he can do a shout out to try and get resolution. On I also <laughs> I also love Red Dwarf. <laughs> so well, the Red Dwarf podcast, you can host that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You can you can uh, you can clarify that for us, Darth Quig. Then, yeah. and we've got a lot a lot of uh, listening from Germany over the last week on my SoundCloud stats. Germans so do like the British sense of humor. Do. Well, I've, I've literally had hundreds in like mm. the last week, so I wonder uh, if there's anyone listening from Germany, what the response to this particular episode is, because of course there is a lot of once uh, Steve reverse engineer it, it's it's all over for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll get into the episode anyway, and it opens uh, as we mentioned in the Castle Lawn Parochial House uh, in Dublin. What about Tuesday? Can you do the eleven o'clock mass? Ted, I'll do the eleven and the twelve. You should have a rest after that weekend away. Well, Paris does tend to take it out of me. Uh, <laughs> I'm off for a game. Ted, care to join me? No thanks, Darren. What time are we going to the curve for the races? I suppose after lunch. Oh, Mrs. Dunn hopes you like pheasant. I love pheasant. <laughs> this is what it's all about. A fine port, beautiful surroundings, mm-hmm. and intelligent company. Did you not have all that at your last parish? No. <laughs> Dublin seems to suit you, though. You've got a newfound gleam in your eye. Ah, yes, I should be staying here for a good while. As long as I don't mess it up for myself by doing something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these I can't seem in order, Father Smith. But I wonder, could I ask Father Crelly about one or two of these things that he's put down under expenses? <laughs> Now, uh, you had a theory there just before we came on air or onto the mic yeah. that this, the reason Ted got transferred there, because it's not actually explained in the show, and I have skipped the Christmas episode. You think, well, do you want to explain? Well, I, I originally thought it was like a, whenever, because I remember first seeing it going, this must be a dream or something, because it's just too nice. Yeah, it's too lovely. It's too plush, yeah. And then I was only like re watching it before this. I was like going, the gluten clerk, he would have got, he would have got, uh, like a commendation and Craig Allen is a punishment essentially mm. like for yeah. everyone well I mean, exactly the nuns the, mm. the drinking well, yeah. being Father Jack and, and the, the regularities in the account has people that are part of the send to Craig yeah. Well, yeah. well there's nowhere else nowhere it's other like, parish yeah. yeah we'll put them we'll put them there put them out of the way <laughs> it's like, and he's in Dublin and he's happy enough and then obviously regularity accounts the spending or whatever is uh, brings him back to Craig Allen it's like oh so it's he had it, he'd he done it, yes. and then it's like he's right back where he begins. He, he literally can't help himself, can um, he? He has well, to always fill the three minutes. It's like kind of like the episode where, like, whenever remembering, I don't know if you've done it, but like, where Father Jack dies, this will be yes. done in quotations. Yes, yeah. And he's uh, constantly yeah. having like the dreams about how he's going to spend Father Jack's like in, inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just there in his mind at all times. Once he gets just a little bit of leverage, he will abuse that. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, what I thought it was um, is because in episode three, mm. uh, Bishop Brennan actually says, explains what all the reasons why the three priests are there. Mm. 
uh, and Dougal had a, a Black Rocks incident, and Ted had the money wrestling, uh, the lures money. My Father Jack's Father Jack. <laughs> yeah, and Father Jack. Yeah, well, it, he had a after the wedding last loan. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he was he was sent out there after that, uh, but uh, Bishop Brennan said that uh, he's going to stay on the island until every penny is accounted for. So I was actually thinking maybe he had paid it back. Oh, that's mm. true too. And now he's finally got his plush little parish, and we had been saying so it's kind of like a purgatory. Type yes. Of yeah. Well, as you said, it was that's a, very deep. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, as you said, it was it was sort of punishment for him, mm. uh, but it was like we were. We were I was uh, proselytizing. Mm. I like that word. Uh, that he would love a parish in Dublin, like a wee nice easy number, mm. and then he'd be happy. He'd be set for life. But he can't help himself. So, what do you reckon he was claiming for? Because he had everything. He had everything right there. What what was the what was the expense that made him fucking go over the edge? Oh. What was it that he put on the books that he couldn't actually justify? Uh, what kind of well. I don't know, when you're a Catholic priest, what, what do you need to... I think it's gambling, to be honest. You think he's a gambler? Like, no, he's he's, he definitely is a gambler, because, again, the dreams and all, mm. it was all about money and... You, you're bets. the second person that's mentioned he does have, uh, he does like a good oil. He just life, wants yeah. more, no matter what. Even, he wasn't happy then. Yeah, he yeah. when, when he, he had it all. Yeah. Yeah, he was happy. Well, the but thing is, he is a bit of a chancer kind of character, but that, again, being a protagonist of a comedy, you do get that. That's an easy character to write, but... No, I, I can definitely agree with the whole, like, you know, like, a gambling addiction, but... That really takes Fuller Ted to a dark place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you see, that's it. That's you mean, maybe, maybe the reason he was out in Craggy Island is because it's the only place he can't actually yeah. put many bets on. Because we did meet him, uh, not the last episode, the episode before. The first thing he was doing was listening to a horse racing. Mm. Yeah, and he clearly, had a, he clearly well, had a lot of money right now. I think he just, whenever he has, gets a bit of cash, he just lives life to excess. It's just to excess. It's basically, because I get, like, come back to the Fuller Jack, I'm just basically imagining, like, and just, just, I'm making a motion of like a guy doing the dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, he has no money sense of common decency when it comes to like any bit of plushness to him. I'm sure. What's wrong with that? If you have yeah, money, spend it. it. So, fuck but I think it's to do with like when you're a Catholic priest, frugality is part of the whole, like, you know, the whole mock. Yes, yeah. Well, it, it's, it is one of the, there's a, there is priests that like, well, only have knots or something, three knots, and one mm. of them is chastity, one of them is, mm. uh, Poverty, and I can't remember what the third one is, but probably chastity or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a, like there's there's I can't remember how many even there are, but they do have like these uh, little knots yeah. anyway to remind them of their of their vows. Otherwise, like spot the lapsed Catholics. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, clearly, clearly, it's a little bullshit. Like, but <laughs> what can you do? Um, and then we go in and we find Dougal has a hamster named Ronaldo. What is making that incredibly annoying noise? Oh, that's Ronaldo. It was a bit lonely without you, Ted, so I got a hamster instead. <laughs> yes, can I ask, though, does he ever stop running in that feckin' wheel? <laughs> no. He's had to use the wheel ever since he rode this into his feed tray. <laughs> but don't worry, Ted. I think there's just something wrong with the brakes. Mm. Which is brilliant. Yes, well... Uh, I mean, that's, was Ronaldo a football player? Is that the Ronaldo who's now Fat Ronaldo? Fat yeah. Ronaldo, I was yes. going to say, yes. Yeah. Because there's a Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Ronaldinho is a new one. Oh, he's not new. He's he's well past his prime. I know nothing John, about football. Johnny doesn't like football. Well, McCoy doesn't like football. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, I had a... I, around that time, I'm trying to piss my age, but I had a cat, like, a ginger cat with like, slightly buck teeth. Right. I called Ronaldo. Oh, fantastic. So after... Because after, after. I, like, I remember watching that going, I have a uh, called Ronaldo. Yes. Well, Ronaldo, Fat Ronaldo, as he unfortunately became known, was uh, one of the greatest footballers of all oh, time. Yeah. Like, he, he, I think he, his name is Ronaldo Luis de Nascimento. 
Dear God. Yes. I and bring you here and you just don't <laughs> bring any football jobness anywhere. <laughs> and he's, he, well, he had to become Fat Ronaldo because then the Portuguese Ronaldo yeah. came along and he was also one of the greatest footballers of all time. Or, but fake, or fake Ronaldo, as I call him. You call him Fake Ronaldo? Well, he's. Ronaldo or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's now a three time Ballon d'Or winner. Yes. But this is uh, Fat Ronaldo. It's going to one of these possibly aggressive football pretty. conversations kicking here. Uh, <laughs> it won't, no, I'll go past it very quickly. But I do want to mention <laughs> that uh, Fat Ronaldo broke his knee three times three times and came back and still was a world-class footballer like that is incredible mm-hmm. so he's earned the right to to you know live his retirement in his in as much partying as he likes it <laughs> as far as i'm concerned i reckon i think it's cool that meant dugo was in charge because he said he got it because he got bored and i'm actually surprised he never explored that more to be honest yeah it was oh, like because been... there, there's a lot of ground there to be basically like if you put like an idiot in charge just let it play out and just see what happens because uh, Jack obviously developed uh, some sort of social anxiety that made him I live think in boxes agor- agor- well, agoraphobia yeah <laughs> Jack afraid of fighting what <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, uh, what I also wanted to mention was the hamster mm. that was a very very young one's touch mm. oh, oh it, was, it was a very physical joke that he kept coming back special control group what's that that's the hamster Vivian's hamster oh that's what his name is right right special patrol group what were we gonna say? Uh, well, this is a very physical, like visual joke that was just constant. And the thing is, at this point, like watching, like, you're looking season three, like there's a lot of callback structuring yeah. going on here. Like I want to talk even to talk about the, the score of dirt, which is like the classic callback. Yeah, perfect. It yeah. comes later on in the episode, but it's like because like, the only thing is like I mentioned once, mentioned twice, three times, and it just keeps going on and going on until you get the actual visual gag of an actual hamster just trundling along. Just cycling <laughs> along. That yeah. is true. Yeah, the the tiny bike was the, the brilliance. Mm-hmm. The, like the first, payoff, first yeah. signpost of, of mm. what was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, when when the, when the hamster actually finally did cycle across the room, mm. it didn't seem to have much of a reason to do so, or like it didn't it didn't sort well, of. Well, it's in. kind of like you know, it's, it's, it it's, a, vis- of, it's a pure visual it. gag of like you know, yeah, here is a hamster on it on like, and the thing is, you do know like people like there is like a sect of general audience and go, that's hilarious because it is a visual feat of a hamster on a bike trying across a room. We've mentioned it three times before. Here's the actual thing in existence. Hilarious. I, yeah, I didn't think he would would do that. Yeah. Go, go yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they did it. I was looking at it today, and I'm still not really sure. Uh, it's probably to be motorized. Yeah, I would say. Motorized, yeah, but probably, well, I reckon yeah. I reckon he took a hamster, separated it from his brood over like the case of four. Because I reckon Gabe, Graham Linehan was like you know probably thinking long game here. Six years of taking a hamster and just conditioned it to ride a bike over six years, just for that one scene of politics. Just pumping in your yeah. yeah. to the France. <laughs> That's um, a dedication to craft, really. Exactly, at that yeah. point. I can I can imagine actually cycling yeah. weekly, lying <laughs> <laughs> in the cage, eighteen hours a day, yeah. just practicing psychological downbeating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say was that the moment when it happened mm. was when they had the big reveal of mm. uh, new Nazi. decorations. Yeah, and it it just sort of jumped in just when you were that was settling in, mm. and then suddenly he moved. Uh, sorry, I forgot the Chinese man's name, but he, he moved him out of the way just mm. to have a hamster fall through. Like he hadn't he hadn't really let the the new decor set in. Mm. I reckon the, it's. The I think it's a lot of Liam Grinahan, like Graham Linehan, kind of like experimenting with like callback humor. There's like at least five callback jokes. Like there's like a Mrs. Doyle's constant falling down the stairs, which yeah. happens twice, and then she falls in the stairs, and she does it just correctly. There's the fact that like well, obviously there's the fantastic just escalating Hitler jokes just kicking yes. in, which were like that was the best callback that kept going, and then also you get like also just a like, full ejectiveness thing, and also just like the hamster. There were several things from the word go being set up and just building till the very end, which is kind of like it's kind of like it's, whenever you watch Fraser, it's kind of like what you call like a, a farce type scenario where like things yeah. just keep building and building and building. 
until everyone gets pays off, which is it's, it's just clever writing. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, in the Hitler stuff, it works well. In the, in the hamster was basically a visual gag that just kept happening and happening. And then you do get a small payoff down the line. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a hamster second across yeah. the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it might also have been to just to end the sketch to have something like a young ones slightly absurd. Mm. Yeah. And that because what else are you going to do? How else are you going to end that? I mean, you've got. Do you want the Chinese men outraged or? Well, that that was it. I mean, you can't do anything else with that scenario. Well, so. the, well, even if you say that, then there was another joke after that where they Ted tried to send the present of the forty bottles oh, of whiskey, yeah, yeah. Mm. and that, even that, then it was like. Well, I was just, just I was just escalation of, of like that was the just escalation Jack of Father Jack living in boxes. Okay, so that yeah. was the final payoff of yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. He yeah. developed a thing for boxes because Father Jack develops things each episode. And just uh, and just carries on with them. Yeah. And he, did he come out in a Nazi uniform? Did he? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, yes, it was brilliant. Which is kind of like the uh, it's like kind of like you've accidentally created the ultimate insult check. Like, yeah, uh, well done. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't accidental. It was Jack. I'm sure. He, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we actually meet Jack for the first time, and he looks like he's emerging from a coffin. Mm. So there's uh, just coffins lying around. Jack comes out and just gets his sandwich and goes back into his box again. And uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> there is people who live like that. Mm. Like there's people well, I reckon you get like in many corners of Ireland, you always get that weird little like, if society leaves someone behind, they go left their own devices. This is what happens. Yeah, you you just sort of enclose yourself in mm. in your sort of safe in, space, if you will. The episode where Father Jack didn't die, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, died. Well, died. Marks, I guess, didn't they consider him him to be claustrophobic? They said something about him being claustrophobic and that. Ah, yes. Uh, I can't. I can't remember actually. Uh, but he was uh, in the coffin that whole time. And he, yeah, and but he was, he was. He was in a big mausoleum. Like he wasn't in a. But the, the, I remember them saying something like, "No, he wasn't," because he's. Oh, he was definitely claustrophobic. Right. I'm, I'm going to look back. I have to have more sitting years, but it's. I'm going to look back on that, and if I can find a clip, I'll uh, I'll put it in right now. Sorry, <laughs> just blow in some like just blow like the, the bolts off like the Hold on, follow yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, let's get this correct. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you wasn't. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll edit we'll, we'll work that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there is like you know, there's S and M people uh, mm. who just love like the idea of being so so um, controlled. Like doing mm. Pulp Fiction, bring out the game. Was well, is, is that like yeah. Christian Grey kind of Fifty Shades nonsense, where like people like to be tied up and stuff because people are weird. That's, that's well, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's just to surrender your, your mm. control of yourself entirely to somebody else. Like, I, mm. like you hear people who actually like sleep in cages and stuff, like mm. cages about the size of this table. I like, saw and a documentary. That's not like a That's that's. Well, see that. Well, that's what that's I'm saying. Just, that, that's just kink. People yeah, have kinks. Just a, just no, but they, they, they sleep in the cages system. for mm. like that's that's their bed, like, mm. uh, and it is because it's a safe place. So then we have Mrs. Doyle, and her introduction is literally just her falling past the window. Well, to be honest, there was very little Mrs. Doyle at that episode. Yeah, there was, actually, mm. yeah. She, over the course of the series, she has been sort of underused. Mm. And I remember mentioning that she felt, like, Polly McLennan felt... Uh, I said Pauline Quirk for everyone, didn't I? Pauline, yeah. Paul, I didn't even notice, but... No, you know, I didn't yeah. know. Pauline Quirk was in Birds with Feller, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah so um, Polly McLennan has sort of distanced herself from the programme, and I can mm. sort of... I'm seeing more of it from her point of view, because, as you said, she is underused a lot. Mm. Like, the most of what she's I doing... I definitely got that in her episode, because... I haven't seen her in a while, because I stopped watching Potter Ted, and then we wanted me to come to the podcast and watch the episode. Yeah. Only thing I've seen since then was she was on an episode of Shameless remember she did that for a bit yeah where she actually did Topless I think was the deal and people yeah. were like and people were like you know like she's not that bad looking but I, like, but I remember being an old lady in Fuller Ted many many years ago 
So I was kind of watching the episode just to, like can bring a point. I want to want to have a look at her and yeah. see what she's like. <laughs> but like it's one of those situations where, like when you see her like I can't even see it then she has disappeared into the character. It was, yeah, it was optimism from to mm. me. I kind of thought maybe they were her and because Jack isn't in it that much either he's not episode. no but he does have more of a story arc than she had yeah but I just thought maybe they were had other commitments she had a small what a year two career. years between well yeah two years between I uh, thought they so probably had just uh, other po- gigs possibly but they would like as soon as as soon as they say right we're doing another Father ah, Ted series you'd be right you'd on be blocked, yeah you'd be blocked for like three months mm. and you'd be, set, you'd be paid basically to not work anything else for those or well not three months say whatever it is six weeks or yeah, whatever yeah. basically but, but, but uh, you're paid for yeah is to not do any other jobs true, during that time true so she falls off the roof but Ted doesn't even pass any remarks <laughs> well it's, it's kind of like the, her thing she's kind of like the municipal kind of like a caretaker of the house yeah. and part of the joke is like they pay her very little heed like that episode like the same joke they had in the situation like no let's clean up the house ourselves and they're just terrible at it yeah. it's it's just not in them to do that she, she, the, exactly the concept of uh, cleaning is so alien to them they, they, yeah. can't even, they don't even know what well, to start it's, it's, part <laughs> of that, it's part of that they are basically all priests are all broken characters that can't function as adults and yeah. they're basically given a designated person like yeah. the priests do have a caretaker like yeah they have the a priest and yeah. I've been in a tiny village and they always had a housekeeper yeah if I had a housekeeper I would want yeah. a priest just to get a housekeeper it'd be yeah, fantastic that's a good gig actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't do anything you just say like the worst part of your job depending depend on your parish right now but the worst part of your job it's just doing funerals. Yeah, <laughs> I, I reckon like Daniel Day Lewis those things. I just walk in and just give like massive eulogies and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, Father, you've been fantastic." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Do you see how I fit crowd back there? I never even knew that guy. Why am I crying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, proper method actor. Yeah. <laughs> they pick up the can and the triumph of finding the bin to put the mm. can into. Yeah. But in fairness, that's very similar. To, I reckon I guess explored a lot of an IT crowd type of scenario with just that type of humour. Yeah, they they definitely went with that. The uh, Arrested Development meal, if you will. <laughs> yes, yeah. The yeah, I suppose that'd be the Roy and the Moss uh, mm. idea. But to be fair, like the house was an absolute tip, so Mrs. Mm. Doyle wasn't doing her job while Ted was away. This here, look, a perfectly square bit of black dirt on the window. <laughs> I mean, how could you get a perfectly square bit of black dirt on a window? I, I would have thought that was practically impossible. It's just Mrs. Doyle can't do any cleaning. Her back is very bad since she fell off the roof. <laughs> Keep her balance at all. She needed well, she her, didn't break uh, her back like like several times in the episodes. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've already had uh, Neve Connolly fighting her corner. <laughs> but when she does come in, she's uh, yeah, she's quite clearly cropped. Mrs. Doyle, we're going to have to do something for your back. You can't go on like this. I'm just going to try something. No. <laughs> Don't worry, Mrs. Doyle. Oh no, 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 no. Just relax. No. Oh yes, that's much better. Are you sure you look? Oh yes, yes, yes. This is great. I'll be fine now, Father. No! Seriously, Father. I feel twenty years younger. Her neck is almost perpendicular to the rest of her body. Mm. And Ted's way of dealing with this is to give her a proper Steven Seagal, you know, <laughs> neck breaking twist, uh, which uh, just contorted at another another angle so her neck's about uh, about five different angles in her spine now to this point so <laughs> actually to be fair that that scene could have went horribly but she was brilliant at that mm. no yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine it is a very physical humour it's almost like it's yeah. about the young ones bottom but type humour it's like so like, it's expected to bottom or like someone like Rick Mel gets completely messed up yeah. and Eddie doesn't care but yeah. <laughs> the timing and performance and that is perfect 
perfect like it's mm. just oh that's why you laugh yes exactly he's about to like Chaz yeah. about to come in behind her again and just sort of twist her again yeah. and she knows instinctively no yeah and yeah, yeah the timing is is perfect yeah because it's like it's, she is both of them are very really great actors yeah. like so they have the comic no, timing do you know she's a damn good character actor that's yeah. She she was I, I did bring this up in the podcast before mm. in the airplane episode mm. she was in that not as Mrs Doyle mm. but you remember the two nuns that were flicking the, co- the yeah, yeah yeah she was the one in the, in the window seat I so I, I, I actually checked and it was her she had like a, a fake book tooth in mm. book teeth is that mm. is that even you like to say book, that anymore book, the um Agri- uh, the comedy comedy teeth accentuated frontal teeth yes so over oh, yes overbite or something like that teeth <laughs> yes yeah that'll be <laughs> overbite yeah. extreme overbite and uh, as part of their cleaning mm. uh, Ted or sorry Dougal finds a lampshade mm. it's just been sitting on the floor you've never seen that lamp right enough but he, it's a perfectly conical lamp mm. yeah. uh, shade which gives Ted this you know humorous idea Dougal look <laughs> oh I am Chinese, if you please. Come on, Dougal, lighten up. (laughs) Dougal, there were Chinese people there. All right, sir. I mean, what, what is, I mean, that's the Yin family. They're living over there in that old Chinatown area. <laughs> Chinatown area? There's a Chinatown on Craggy Island? Dougal, I wouldn't have done a Chinaman impression if I'd known there was going to be a Chinaman there to see me doing a Chinaman impression. Why not, Ted? Because, because it's racist. They'll think I'm a racist. I'm going to have to catch up with them and explain I'm not a racist. And basically, if I don't stretch my eyes like that from time to time, I, I get this thing the doctor calls fat eyes. Playing a fire once he made that reference, it's like, you know, like Ted, if you're going to play a fire, be expected. An Asian guy will occasionally see it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it did remind me of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm which I started watching once and couldn't actually get through the first five minutes because Mickey Rooney. Yeah, yeah totally Mickey Rooney, because I only seen the clip of that was in Bruce Lee, the dragon, dragon the Bruce Lee story, where Bruce right. Lee watches Breakfast Tiffany's, and Bruce Lee's like, what? what? the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's absolutely horrible. Like, this is considered one of the greatest films of all time. Oh, it? no, but that, that is probably, I, I know what I don't know about it, it's, it's like a proper buck-toothed kind of like, yeah. you know, Chinese man. Oh, it's... Harry go right you watch how whatever. Even where like carry on standards, that's that's yeah. Terrible. It was it was it's awful. Like it, it, I couldn't. I, I was actually looking forward to seeing that film because mm. you know there's songs named after it. My, one of my friends goes on about it all that's the time. Song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't I couldn't actually get through the first five minutes. I'm thinking if he's Mickey, I know Mickey really was a big star. What year was it released in? It was about sixty one. I want to say sixties and seventies were very racist. Yeah, yeah. Faulty Towers has bits cut out of it now. For, uh, retrospectively, yeah, I think Faulty uh, Towers is an offensive show. Yeah, I, th- is, I think uh, you know Manuel is a horrible character. Technically, yeah, he is. Well, here's a stupid mm. foreigner can't work. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's and it's like, but it, it, it's hard for you to cut it from. He like, is, but then it's also comedy. It's also the um, it could just be the character. It's the way he's been treated as well. Yeah, yeah, he's been wound down or wore down. Yeah, I mean, it's just, horrible. Like retrospective, like everyone loves Manuel and Faulty Towers. Like remember yeah. that like Russell Brand scenario where like yes. everyone was like you know leave Manuel alone we love him you massive prick yeah <laughs> well I will bring that up actually yeah. how many people knew that man's name 
the day before Russell Brand phoned him. I just know what's, what's his actual name in real life. I, I can't remember. Is Sachs Andrew Sachs? See, even you don't know. Yeah. I did know. Did you? Did you actually? Right. Okay. But you know, he's some plummy English actor. Yeah. He's actually an English actor as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Like nobody knew him until mm. Russell Brand made a phone call in the Daily Mail, found a way mm. to bash the BBC, mm. and turned him in. The, you know, the yeah, fight the system. Don't, yeah. don't <laughs> vote, kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't vote. It only encourages them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so look at Britain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that uh, so Ted tried his uh, tried his Chinese man impression, and Dougal uh, to his even credit, Dougal to be honest, he was like actually you were saying like Dougal was kind of like. Come on, Ted. That's a bit weird. Yeah, his face was. What What are you doing, Ted? What, well, what Ted's are you well, there's a Chinatown thing that yeah. Dougal's now. Ten yeah. years yeah. in the week and a half, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, it's just propped up. A few years after Ted Dougal left. essentially is a very innocent character. That's kind of how he's played. Yeah. He yeah. is just basically a child state, just walking about. And even when it comes up like that, it's like, oh no, Paul, that's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, like he just he looks at Ted and it's like. Usually, Dougal loved Ted. Mm. You know, having yeah. a bit of fun, mm. and Ted has to say, oh, "Come on, lighten up, will you?" Mm. <laughs> and of course, there's three Chinese people at the window just looking right in at Ted. <laughs> Even and though there's like there's no reason to be there. Yeah, exactly. From the road. That's like, well. like, like my favorite part of the entire yes, God, episode. Was the, uh, it was just just to, just to complete a regularly of like, so I hear you're racist now, Ted. Yeah, yeah. And then he turns around and the woman's right beside him, just yeah. in this actual field. Going like, you know, and she just goes into a rat and is like, this is pure absurdism. This is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that in a second, but yeah. I, I did want to bring up uh, the new Chinese population in, in mm. Craggy Island. Like, and well, that's just absurdist comedy. That's just, that's just fantastic. Like, yeah. I mean, there is one. There is now. Deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. This is immigration. It's really love, yeah. man. But, they, uh, but Ted, Ted is absolutely you know, mortified by his own behaviour. He's like, if I had known they were there, mm. I wouldn't have done it. And then Dougal says, well, why not? And of course, that's yeah. that's the first. That's, if you have to look that's around, philosophy in that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you well, have to that's look the innocence of his character versus like, just like, well, why did you make it in the first place, Ted? I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if you have to look around before you tell a joke, mm-hmm. don't tell the joke. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If 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 you have to think, oh, is there any Asian people in here? Here, do you hear the one I heard the other day? <laughs> I know? I get that all the time in work of stuff sometimes. Like yeah, nerds. Like I use in call centers, and you get guys come in, like you know, like. Well, I'm going to tell you a Polish person joke, and then the call centre like yes, look around because like you no, know, most of my co-workers there are Polish, right? Yeah, and you're like, dude, you have to look around. Like this is this is going to be a bad joke from the word go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I remember, uh, I was chatting to a boy, and I was doing this sort of um, university photography, university graduation photography mm. thing, or as assistant photographers. Anyway, uh, at a lunch break, and uh, one of the one of the people, one of the photographers, you know, says, um, "Here, did you hear this one about the Indian man who?" And the other photographer stopped and goes, I don't want you to go any further. I'll just let you know that I'm married to an Indian woman. Yeah. <laughs> and just stop you right there. <laughs> and it was like the most awkward like moment. It's yeah. always like anyone ever never says, I'm not racist, but I go, just, just stop. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that actually does not work. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I went on Twitter for a while and yeah. said, I'm going to start actually using that properly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not being racist, but yeah. the weather was shit today. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being racist, but... Why don't they have yeah. uh, 3D video games? You know, <laughs> actually not saying racist. Well, why is there a second season of Twin Peaks already? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's reclaim. I'm not being racist, but to not racism. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then we meet Father uh, Fitzpatrick, who's mm. uh, lent a book off Ted. Let's see now, Humane Vitae. You know, sometimes I leaf through this to see just how far we've come. Celebration of the Christian Mysteries, Deus Canada, Ventrum Mepolo. Ah, Stephen King's The Shining. Well, thanks for the tea, Father. 
See you the next time we, um, we, uh, sorry about this, Father. I hope you don't mind me asking, but, um, what have you got a padlock on that door for? Is there something top secret in there? My collection. Oh, yes, that's right. What is this you collect? It's war memorabilia. That's right. Would you like to have a look? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Taken from the German advance on Russia. You can see where the hammer hits the shell casing. Gosh, that's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> these are helmets, mostly infantry. Yes, these would be German as well, wouldn't they? That's right. <laughs> you don't have anything from the Allied side? No, no, that sort of thing wouldn't interest me at all, I'm afraid. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And Again, fantastic. <laughs> yes. So uh, set up, set up, set up, set up. Set up. Amid all the, uh, amid all the, you know, the ancient tomes of Catholicism yeah. and mm. e other ecumenical matters, Stephen King's The Shining. We've got like, we've got like, you know, like the uh, Corinthians twelve. We've got Deuteronomy. Like, no, can, yes, we've got Stephen King. Yeah. Stephen <laughs> King, like fantastic. Well, Father Fitzpatrick sort of had it in a derisive tone. Mm. Oh yes, Stephen King's it. But he was the one who borrowed the book for fucks' sake. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a situation like, no, let's be honest, it's all boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> give, give, give me the good stuff. Well, well Ted, Ted was stifling a yawn when he was hearing yeah. what else they had there. But uh, but Ted was also looking at back. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. He was, looking, he was looking a good read. Like, yeah. he was, uh, have you, do you read one Stephen King or anything? I, I do. Uh, I, I've read, uh, I've read my favourite ones is probably read, like, the first one was Dreamcatchers. Right, uh, is that not one of the weaker ones? Oh, well, the film's weaker. The book's fantastic. The right. film's terrible. Uh, I read from a Buick 8, which is just... Mental. It's a weird. It's, it's one of those ones like, or oh, make a film of it. And you're like, no, really. Well, you see, they say there's books that are unfilmable, mm. uh, and Stephen King has no problem like licensing his work for film. Oh no, obviously. Uh, yeah, if it gets in the hands of a good director. Mm. Well, the thing is, like, I think he has like more yeah. bad directors and good directors for stuff. Like Carrie was a one-off. Carrie was fantastic. The Shining was also, but he even Stephen like King has yeah. a problem with The Shining because it's one of the source text. So I liked, much, yeah. I liked it as a film. Mm. I, I haven't read. Well, it, it was a film. My well, I don't read that much. Uh, yeah. Well, you will also send around. If you like Stephen King, watch watch Stranger Things. It's basically a Stephen King greatest hits compilation. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Eighties music, eighties stuff, and you just watch it and go, "This is fantastic." This is what we need. Yeah. Better than American Horror Story. Or? Oh, well, <laughs> oh, American Horror Story wishes it was strange. And oh, I, okay. I'm a fan of American Horror Story, except for the third season, Coven, which is just just terrible. But uh, Father Fitzpatrick mm. uh, thinks that Ted might be interested in his collection, which is mm. bolted behind a padlocked door. So clearly, he's he's aware that it's uh, you know something he shouldn't be showing people. Mm. But he, he can't wait to show Ted. He d well, that's the weird. That's the juxtaposition about his character. Like he, he he's weird, but like when he sees Father Ted, it's assumed Father Ted's a fan. Yeah, oh, it's like oh, come see my. It's private World collection. War Two memorabilia. It's gonna be expensive. Even in the nineties, like it's well, gonna be, true, yeah. it's gonna be very, very. Yeah, and he did have a very, to be fair, he had a very large collection. Yeah. Now it was, it was very biased to one side. I'm pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, wouldn't be interested in that at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty by nature to have eccentric interests. It's kind of like well, he, always, he always go off in these little tangents. I've got this massive collection, this Roman stuff. Why? Because I'm a priest. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lemmy, you know, the lead singer of Motorhead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. In peace. He had a, a very extensive uh, war memorabilia collection, of which most of it was German, uh, from the German Pre side. Pre-Weimar or post-Weimar? Uh, I, I think it was World War Two. Yeah. I didn't. I will just say, I'm not racist or fascist, <laughs> but the Nazis didn't agree with their policies, but they did dress very oh, well. Oh, no, they, yeah. they, they, they actually, I think it was like Hugo Boss or something. Like, yeah, like, that's the, right. Yeah. Hugo Boss designed their stuff. And like, the thing is, fascism was fashionable 
back in the, like, they, they, they had they cut a damn good figure. Well, they, they know how to they know you know how to market. Yeah, you know? the branding. Like, yeah, the marketing and the branding was brilliant. Like, 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 <laughs> you want to strike fear. You know like, this was, this was like, like a, is actually a Hindu symbol of truth. No, it's not. It's a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> you got like the eyes walking around with like the little like sloped hats and the green fatigues. They're they're ragtagging about the place, being like the ragtag good guys. And like of course like they're lovable because they're ragtagging. But then you get the Nazis going like, no, these guys know how to dress like a heel. I like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is bad guy 101 right here. And you know, World War, it's, like, it's kind of like when I was watching like uh, Charlie Brugger once, your girl, uh, Philomena. Philomena Kunk. Kunk. Yeah, yeah. It was once saying like World War Two was better than World War One because World War Two had better bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> better enemies, yeah. yeah. I just, I, speaking about Nazis, I love the Mitchell and Webb sketch where the Nazi are soldiers are. The skulls, and, the skulls and all? Are we the we'll bad see what these yeah. gentlemen think of a crack SS division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> I will just say though, that, uh, that particular sketch, mm. you could change the Nazis for, you know, the Imperial Empire. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, of course. And you could have the same, the same thing. The, same yeah. Yeah. Uh, the well-dressed body. Also dressed well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Lemmy, uh, Lemmy had some amazing, mm. uh, so he had like uh, functioning tanks and everything. That he would yeah, turn around he's and in the metal. Him. I reckon this the aesthetic of it was probably like yeah, his, definitely. And it, he, he, I genuinely don't think he was mm. racist. No, no, he was, he no. was a lovely guy. Just but I think like the thing is like you know there is the aesthetic of what that looked like. Yeah, which it, does lend itself to heavy metal. Very exactly, easily. exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So at first I was willing to be forgiving for Father Fitzpatrick, but he, he clearly had uh, he had a he had a stowaway. Well, yeah, <laughs> who was who was clearly you know um, a former SS officer, yeah, or something like that, or higher, or. Uh, <laughs> But there are still fans. Many viewers in Germany. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I've, yeah. Well, I want to. Only yeah, that's true. Right, yeah. Are to this particular. Well, episode. I think Germans have a kind of a good sense of humor about it these days. It's um, I, as far as I'm aware, mm. the swastika is still a banned symbol. In oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they have to by default. It's. But I mean, is that not is that not more damaging? I don't know. It's it's one of those because it makes it cool and sort of well, like yeah, it makes it more yeah, it makes more outlaws. Therefore, mm. the kind of people who would be people like to boo. That's like. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What do you guys do? Marginalize them? Yeah, and you're finding like you know if there was if there is still that element in Germany, which I'm sure there is because there is everywhere. Oh yeah, well, um, anywhere there is. This is the, the angry right element that does exist in every country. That's the thing. Yeah, it's just that Germany was the one that was designated the bad guys during that war. And the thing is, like you know, since then they've been like ridiculously apologetic and they've been trying to stem down. Oh on yeah, it. no, of course, like the and the, and they are they are very very sensitive about it. like and the thing is they occasionally make films that reflect on like Downfall is a brilliant film. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, one of, yeah, it's one of the best. It's like the most seen, best yeah. introspectives on that in period. Like, oh, this is actually brilliant. You watch this. Well, see, they they faced up to their mm. their their own history, like yeah, they owned it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they and they did, and they tried to mm. repair everything as much as they could. And the reason why there's such a strong presence in the EU mm. is because yeah, they know what'll happen if everyone just goes their own way. I think like, I think like Germany's they got kids. They won their own golden clerk. Yeah, it's like Germany's like the one country is like you know, guys, guys, we've been there. You don't want to go there. Yeah, exactly. And this is the last photograph taken of Herr Hitler. He's signing a few death warrants there. <laughs> Funny how you get more right-wing as you get older. <laughs> Ted sees the picture on the wall of the Fuhrer and his last, uh, he's signing a few death warrants, the last <laughs> known picture. Funny how the, the more right-wing you get as you get older. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they were saying that, you know, uh, I saw Graham and Arthur run an interview and they were just saying, yeah, this is, we, we were chatting about how, you know, when we were 20, we were all, you know, mm. 
communist, you know, everyone should be equal. Everyone, everyone's left. Yeah. 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 It's for students. Like it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as, as you get older, as you start paying your mortgage and stuff, you want your taxes to come down, yeah. you want your, uh, you know. And you start to get alienated. Do we really like need to spend that much on the NHS? <laughs> <laughs> and you start getting alienated about what the kids are these days, and you're like, no, oh, I feel such disconnect. Yeah. These guys are losers. What's going on here? <laughs> That's a truism. It really, mm. it kind of, well, mm. it is a truism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find myself getting less and less sympathetic towards the, the needs of others when, you know, I'm fucking starving. I mean, house is freezing. <laughs> and I have to check myself sometimes and stop being a fucking Tory voter at this point. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but uh, then we find Jack, he's, he's found another hiding space in the grandfather clock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just how Father Jack works. He's just a complete wild card. That's kind of his story. Yeah. He, he managed to squeeze himself into quite a few little tight spaces. Mm. Now, to be fair, that, that probably was just a trick of uh, camera work Yeah. because we didn't actually see him inside the clock we saw a close-up of him in a very enclosed space mm. but if uh, and let's assume that he did uh, that jack is in there i mean with that pendulum and everything and <laughs> i think what you're doing you're, you're thinking too hard about a comic situation like you're like you're like oh, well, you wouldn't you ask me no it's a comedy show they won't ask about the pendulum they won't try to <laughs> analyze this so much they won't make a podcast 19 years down here oh, no, that's the whole point of this podcast <laughs> is to try, try and take it down a few yeah. pegs if if it can if it can survive all my nitpicking, yeah, the sack it'll have to go down as the greatest sitcom of all time. Like, yeah, I think Father Jack was a contortionist at some point. Like, yeah, well, we were discussing discussing the on the episode released today. He, uh, Fa- Frank Kelly, the actor, mm. he jumped out of a moving car for a simple, quick joke that was completely forgotten about. Mm. Uh, like they're mm. coming back from St. Clavers, you know, the the old folks home when he had the hairy hands. Yeah, and he's so desperate against the house, he jumps out of the car while it's moving and runs in front of it off on slippy muddy ground and everything and it's like jesus the man the man's that's a dedication to craft exactly yeah <laughs> that is that is serious dedication for one simple joke which passed a lot of people by like mm. yeah but uh yeah good old frankie what are you most thinking 19 years from now they'll be discussing this on a yeah, podcast, on a podcast <laughs> in a random uh, in a random flat in south central it. belfast and i'll look down and i'll be like Oh yeah, and then ted notices that the place is an absolute state and he notices mm. a, a perfectly square piece of dirt Mm. Now that was ridiculously that is absurd. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Absurdism, but set up for later on. It's it, like right looking from a writer point of view, like at first like okay, there's a joke self contained itself. Hilarious. Yeah. How, how do you get a perfectly square piece of service? <laughs> Ted, the Chinese are coming. All right, where are they? Oh feck it. This big mark is still on the window. <laughs> Never mind. Hello? Hello? I don't know why. We have to talk to this fascist. Come on now. It may have just been. <laughs> Where are they going? I invite them round and they don't even let me tell them my side of the story. I remember watching this for the very first time and not having no. Uh, uh, you know, never ever thinking that that's mm. the way they would go with it. Mm. That it became then Hitler moustache. Yeah, uh, and you couldn't guess that. Yeah, you couldn't like the the way they ha- completely. Well, the fact that they actually you. had like you know like they had Father Ted proper just genuflecting the exact same motions of Hitler. Yes, like, like yes, they obviously they sat him down and went, look at his speeches, acclimatize his actual motions, use it in the yeah. same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do all the gestic. Yeah, the, there's the, like the, the punching up the hands, the, the wild gestures, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. There. <laughs> It's because it's because they were turning away when he invited mm. him to the house. But you mentioned the gesticulating, mm. gesticulating. Mm. Uh, you probably didn't see Master Day last night. But Gary Lineker, who I heard he did it all in his shorts. Was he did it in his boxers as a promise after. Oh, did he? Yes. He was meant to do it in his pants. 
Yes, but and plus I reckon he just wanted to show off how fit he was. I hate Gary Lineker. God damn him! Okay, Gary Lineker, you can't hate Gary yeah. Lineker. No, you can't hate Gary Lineker. It's like you know, he is honestly like a really nice guy. It exactly. Is one of things about him. And he, for a fifty-eight-year-old, whatever he's, he's in great shape or something like that. Yeah. He looks like that, and he's fifty-eight. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he was gesticulating wildly <laughs> when, because he was clearly awkward with the fact he was standing in a BBC studio mm. in his boxers. <laughs> but uh, it brought me back to the um, mm. the ghost stories he used to write. Uh, Dougal used to read, but mm. uh, <laughs> just wanted to bring them back up again. One thing I did notice was Dougal was towel drying the hamster. Mm. Which, uh, how would you dry? How, how would you even wash a hamster? Are it's a Dougal thing. I don't know. Well, I used to have a hamster once, but uh, I don't think I even washed it. To be honest, it just did its own thing. It just gets in the sawdust, rolls about a bit. It's good to go. Surely there must be more hygienic than that. Like, how, what, what, what are hamsters like habitat? Oh, listen, we have like a wee, you have a wee cage. You yeah, said we have oh, like a natural, natural habitat? habitat. I don't think they have one. I think they're completely domesticated now. I, I don't think, think I don't think there's any hamsters in the just wild. Mutated rats, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right, so just anywhere basically the fields. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if, if you put a hamster in a field, it would be dead in a week. Oh yeah, it would and be. that's being optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> 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 if it lasts that long, yeah. Like about a good few years ago now, when I was a student, I lived with a guy who had a hamster, and I had the wheel. I did the wheel, and then I started climbing up its cage, mm-hmm. and, and then it started. Yeah. Then it started like going across the top. Yeah, they did it all like, the time. Yeah, but he, he he's trying to break free. That's why. No, but he's like he's like proper Ex- like exercise training. Yeah. It's like he played in Rocky music and he was. <laughs> but he, he fell and dropped and, and broke his neck and if died. While you were there. Yeah. If we have time, well, I wasn't there, but I heard and I believed him because it, he, he was dead. Oh no! I like it, our hamster fell and broke his leg and was dead within a day. Just ah, oh, my leg's broken. Screw this. And just, just fell and <laughs> my cousin. Had a situation once where, like, uh, back in Armagh, uh, his school, which was the Royal, uh, they had a situation where, like, every week they had, like, a hamster, and, like, the kids would each week take care of the hamster. Right. I think that's the kind of thing, like, show it, here's a pet for a week, deal with it, bring it back, we give it to another kid. Except my cousin, uh, Kingsley, uh, he, uh, he was given the, the hamster for a week, and uh, he took it home, and it disappeared, and he lost it, and he had to go into school and be like, hamster's gone. And that's a lesson in childhood. Well, that's the end of the story because after a while, they found out that like uh, there was a bad smell coming from the living room. Oh like, no! Like something oh, was bad. It died in his living room. Well, what happened was uh, Kingsley's father, uh, William, was a bit of a corpulent gentleman. Right. And he had a nice seat. Work. He had his, like his personal seat he used to sit in all the time. Perfect with a groove. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the smell was coming from the seat. So uh, eventually, one day, like you know, they, they investigated. The smell's coming from your seat. We don't know what it is lifted up the uh, top cushion to find a perfectly pancaked hamster <laughs> <laughs> underneath the cushion oh, no. lying up with his little tongue hanging out so obviously the hamster escaped found a nice pot space underneath the actual chair was thinking this is great yeah. and then my, my uncle went and sat on him and that was the end of everything ouch yeah so either got crushed or suffocated under <laughs> some kind of really horrible combination of both oh, yeah. <laughs> do we not know why where hamsters live because they don't live long enough yeah well maybe yeah. <laughs> well I was thinking about this like well, like where do, where do dogs live they're wolves well wolves yeah wolves. no wolves are wolves dogs like, there's too many there's too much breeding there like it's domestication over series of years well I was thinking thing. chickens we've domesticated every chicken on the planet every mm. every uh, you know society has domesticated mm. chickens purely for the purpose of eating them mm. or there's no wild chickens yeah like there's wild geese, there's wild turkeys, mm. there's wild you know, every other thing. But oh, not they're not nice to chicken, are they? Mm. Well, chicken chickens are so like they're so plentiful. The meat on them, 
of that like one of those eggs. Yeah, and it's the like, eggs. Yeah. Uh, you're, you, you taste delicious, and your eggs are awesome. We're just gonna and you can't fly. We're just gonna <laughs> co-op the entire thing out of your species just for our servitude. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Go human. <laughs> Apex predator. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think I upset those Chinese people earlier? I don't know, Ted. It was like the time we put on that variety show and you did that impression of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> he was the last person you'd expect to turn up. That was a million to one shot. God, he can fairly move in that wheelchair when he's angry. I went to a variety show as Stephen Hawking. Yes. When Stephen Hawking happened to be there. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a bit of history of cosplay. Because I, I reckon he just has a mean chubby brown streak. This comes out of case. Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. He, he could fairly move in that wheelchair, though, when he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, he can, he's got a bit of uh, cosplay experience. He's got Mother Teresa and mm. uh, Elvis, and now, obviously, Stephen Hawking. We don't get to see the Stephen Hawking, though, mm. Well, that's, that's, that's how comedy works. You get yeah. to describe the scene in which something happens. Yeah. Draw your own from your own imagination how it went down. Yeah. <laughs> I read somewhere, I think it was in an article about pre-socks, that pre-socks are blacker than any other type of socks. <laughs> That's right, Dougal. Sometimes you see lay people wearing what look like black socks, but if you look closely, you'll see they're very, 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 very dark blue. <laughs> Actually, that's true. I thought my Uncle Tommy was wearing black socks, but when I looked at them closely, they were just very, 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 very dark blue. <laughs> Never buy black socks in a normal shop. They'll shaft you every time. Ted had to do his ordering from Habitat, mm. not Habitat, Habitat, which only does uh, priest stuff. Priest humor. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, priest socks are much darker than normal socks. Well, they're only blacker than mm. normal socks. You think you have uh, black socks, but just really they're very, 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 very dark blue. No, I do like that. Oh, yeah. It's like the whole like uh, it's just basically taking priest humor and just taking just running of how metal it can be. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, exactly. It's um, again, it's another stupid joke. Now, I love that joke. Mm. I completely I, forgot where it was. Mm. I like the. So let's not get confused with Habitat. He's like, mm. no, except for just that one. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I liked it at the end because it's like, just you get shafted every time. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah, so like menacing. Even Dougal's frightened. It's like. Mm. Well, it clearly went into Dunn's well, storage he, at one he, point yeah. and thought he got a, a pair of black socks, but no. Well, last time we went to the biggest department store in the entire Ireland. Like, so yeah. Yeah. Things happened. A, guy, a guy in my work actually bought blue trousers thinking they were black as well, recently. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, it was just the way the light was in the shop mm. or whatever. Well, you're right enough. No, it's you're, you're an idiot. It makes sense. I bought what I thought were black trousers or a black shirt or something, and then you see it under a light, and it's like, no, that really isn't mm. a black shirt. Mm. Like, and it is hard to find proper black, but then... Would you know? Like, can you actually identify proper black clothes? Because well, jet black, like obsidian level black, is like it's a rare thing. Everything is just shades. Shades therein. Yeah. <laughs> my main problem whenever I buy clothes is I get very optimistic about my like my measurements. Then I go out and I'm like, No, Johnny, not your twenties anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have an extra couple of inches. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my soapbox here about fucking clothes measurements. Why do they do them in increments of two inches? I don't like, know. I th don't that know is so well. annoying. They have a meeting where they get around the room and they go, "How can we fuck with James today?" Well, yeah. Here we have a figure of like the fucking of James graph. Yeah. That's, that's today. Last just massive clothes sizes. <laughs> well, uh, I can't remember what, what the actual thing is. I think it's a uh, forty-one or something. Mm. It's an odd number anyway. But you can only get forty or forty-two. Mm. Now two inches in a belts. circumference of a waist. The belt it, industry. Yes. Belts and tailors. Tailors and belts. That's what. Oh, they're, they're just Illuminati. They're just working, Illuminati. Working together. We knew it all along, man. Yeah. Knew it all along. Yeah. JFK is still alive. Elvis was a robot. Yeah. <laughs> but it just means that 
either A, your trousers are fucking hanging off you, mm-hmm. or B, you can't sit down without them freaking choking you. So I was like, oh, it's bastards. But never mind, we'll, uh, we'll go past that. And they know it, and they feed off that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I should probably start sh- shopping in Habit Hat then. Mm. Habit Hat, yeah. Because, uh, well, we were marking on uh, Dougal's jumpers. We got a couple of natty ones today. Mm. Uh, which one was it today? It was a cream and green uh, with horizontal stripes on his tank top. And then, obviously, the the, other, the green tank top that had a bit of a hole in it. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, what if the parishioners saw that and he turned around and the whole thing's disappeared from the back? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had mentioned that around season two, they realised that here's another uh, avenue for comedy is just Dougal's jumpers. So yeah, they well, just ran with that. It's just nattiness. It's like, yeah. then again, it wasn't the 90s. 90s fashion is questionable at the best of times well yeah shell suits mean, existed in the 90s did you say about every decade though like yeah, every, yeah. yeah remember Except combats the, and and uh, like the 80s are untouchable because we just don't just, the 80s are coming no, back no the 80s was brilliant weird no I'm starting to see 90s fashion coming back I was uh, yeah well obviously like the 90s are coming to the 80s because progression 20 years time. yeah 20 years these goddamn like, millennials are just just hey, I'm taking I'm technically one of them. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I saw I saw a girl she was wearing like um, like very uh, denim trousers mm-hmm. that were like sort of very drain not drain pipey what's the opposite of drain pipey but very rounded denim and it was like you could have worn that in 1992 and fitted right in like mm-hmm. uh, and so grunge is gonna come back. So Sweet, because most of my clothes are wrecked. Exactly, I'm, I was about to say I'm going to be well ahead of it mm-hmm. now. Because so like, what, what you said is that they clothes and they were fashion, just put them in a cupboard for 20 years, yeah. bring them out, and all of a sudden you're like the, the coolest guy in the yeah. room. Uh, but yeah, then we have the classic line, which I might call the line of the show. Hello there, father. Uh, hello, Colm. <laughs> out and about. I am. Same as yourself. Good, good. I hear you're a racist now, father. <laughs> what? What? How did you get interested in that type of thing? <laughs> said I'm a racist. Everyone's saying it, Father. Should we all be racist now? What's the official line the church is taking on this? Oh, no. Only the farm takes up most of the day, and at night I just like a cup of tea. I might be able to devote myself full-time to the old racism. Good for you, Father. What? Oh, Mrs. Carberry. <laughs> Good for you, Father. But someone had the guts to stand up to them at last, coming over here, taking our jobs and our women, and acting like they own a second place. Well done, Father. Good for you. Good for you. I'd like to second... Second Greeks. It isn't the Greeks, it's the Chinese he's after. I am not after the Chinese. I don't care who we get so long as I can have a go at the Greeks. They invented gayness. Look, we are not having a go at anybody. I am not a racist, all right? God. Fucking Greeks. How's Mary? She's fine. She got that job after. Great. So we hear you're a racist now, Father. Yeah, well, it was leading yeah. to like this that fantastic exchange. Yeah. Well, uh, I will give a shot. What's the what's the church viewpoint? Yeah. <laughs> Should we all be racist? Because like, I don't have time to be racist. I like a, yeah. After the form, and I like a cup of tea. Well, uh, I, see, I love that that character and the fact that he was just looking for leadership from his yeah. you know, from his church representatives. And he's like, but I don't really want to get into this. Is this mm. really something I have to fucking jump on board with? Because yeah, it's a very deep joke. Yeah, <laughs> it is a bit of a it is a bit of a chore, you know, having to. You know. <laughs> was was your official stance in this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, with somebody uh, I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, Richard Fenton, mm. a super, uh, uh, one of the one of the congregation, one of our one of our, mm. our readers now. He's getting a reading. 
at mass. He actually memed me with mm. that instead of "Here, your racist now, James," mm. and uh, it was quite funny early, no. early in the podcast. So thanks for that much, that Richard. <laughs> uh, but uh, also in that scene, we have the other. As Did you guys get a tweet while you were doing this? Uh, what right now? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got my phone off, so I don't know. But I'll not, right. not hear this for two weeks. All right, right. It is a bit annoying when trying to interact with the with the listeners because ah. they will say something. I'll have to say, well, listen out in two weeks to your response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did have the other character who was a bit of a cartoon character compared to mm. the farmer who was very a very grounded character mm. and was a very. Like, then you get the outright racist looking for a chance to be racist. Yes, with her two shopping bags just <laughs> flying them around everywhere, nearly actually th- flailing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of hoping that she would just fall in the muck and roll about, being like, "Ah, I'm so yeah. angry, I'm so, I'm so racist, I'm so angry about it." Yeah, she just wanted, she just wanted to fucking. I don't care who you're fighting against, as long as I get to beat up some Greeks. Like, <laughs> she saw nothing yet. So, mm. Like she knew nothing was coming. What was coming? Mm. And the, you know, the bailout. And the <laughs> it was damn Greeks. Yeah, that's <laughs> what she thought of the uh, you know the, the financial crash when we're still paying for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, uh, well, xenophobia, that's a Greek yeah. word, so where they hit foreigners? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading with full packs, man. Yeah. Well, she got, said that Greeks invented gayness, uh, so that, uh, that I think that's from, you know, the, the ancient Greeks, there's, um, there's depictions of them mm. on, like, Greek pottery and stuff, where uh, they have young uh, manservants, oh, yeah, yeah, and they're just sitting like, there funneling yeah. their balls. Also, I think the island of Lesbos as well, lesbians. Yes, yes. It, it, Greek. I heard, I heard rumours like there was, like, a division within, like, the Roman... Or the Greek army that was basically like you know basically a bunch of guys just all kind of like with each other just being like a big mass of like you know gay group Don't and the reason being like because like they're all like you know gay for each other was that the Luger 300? For, did Lugard for each more well no I was <laughs> well that's just probably a different type of guy <laughs> yeah. to be honest I did philosophy and I know for a fact that Homosexual relationships were almost regarded higher. Oh yeah, you know, I know. Like, apparently, like, right. because, like, like the male on relationship was a higher thing yeah. than a male female. Yeah, really respected. So not only were you, not when you were like they really gay, but they're really like you know like you know about it. Yeah. As well. <laughs> so we're back in South Central. I will just reassure the listeners that we aren't actually having you know massive police chases going past us all the time. I live across the road from a fire station, and that's what you're hearing all the sirens. Just work. some minor Northern Irish terrorist actions. That's <laughs> just no, we're past all those days now. <laughs> No, we don't even send the cops. We just let the local communities. Some renegade do good or situation. But sorry, uh, going ahead there. So it's uh, like a, it was on a considered a higher. Oh well, Nick was, was talking it about was, it. Was, yeah, it was. It was more respected, almost in the intellectual groups anyway. Well, yeah, because so you, you're an age man and have a young boy was was pretty much the get go. So like having a fancy mobile phone or whatever. So maybe priests thought that as well. Like in Vatican's Maybe that's where they got their idea from. Uh, no, you say let's take it there. The show has actually been pretty much on the nose with them. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. That uh, the, like, they had to address it. <laughs> well, they had to address it. Now I thought they were just going to address it very subtly, mm. but they did. Um, they went straight on the nose when Neve Connolly, you know, the feminist rock star, mm. goes, "Is this is this island a hideout for paedophile priests?" Mm. So they, they went straight on just mm. hitting the issue in the head, and they sort of had to. Yeah, like, I don't actually remember. I remember Graham Lennon was saying at one point that he never really wanted to do a couple of things. He never really wanted to touch paedophilia or have them do mass. And yes. They did both, but they did it for the purpose of a joke. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he, he wanted the it soft humour as depressing. opposed to the hard humour. It's just too depressing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would change the tone of the show completely mm-hmm. yeah. if they did tackle it head on, even with a satirical mm-hmm. sort of, you know, wacky bent. I reckon you get like one or two offhand remarks per season is yeah. kind of how it works yeah exactly yeah exactly like and if they didn't address it at least mm. you know it'd be like, like oh why uh, why, yeah, ignoring that exactly yeah because 
you know, it was, it was starting to come to the surface quite in quite a big way around mm-hmm. that time. So, you know, they had to sort of mention it. Whereas you have something like Vicar Dibley where it was all, you know, flowers and chocolate. Mm. <laughs> and before before Sinead O'Connor, sorry, Neve Connolly yeah. was the was the was the best character to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The perfect time. She was a very confrontational mm. sort of character herself, so it was organically put into the mm. show like. Uh, but yeah, we'll get off that because I didn't actually mention it in this. We'll, we'll have another light topic like racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've covered quite and that's, a lot that's here. That's exploding spectrum of this dark thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. They did actually hit a lot of you know pretty mm. pretty well, contentious the, issues. Well, like Dev was always was sort of was like the we had the characters like were down off left, right, and center, and like yes. that's something like. This is basically Dev was kind of like light handedly kind of approach like oh this character's now dead oh the dancing priest is just keeled over That's he's just dead. <laughs> he's just gone yeah <laughs> oh father Fax, I think he's dead and they, she pointed a, a trail of garbage because she's short sighted yeah. like yeah <laughs> even like the far on is essentially Kenny in South Park yes uh, yes we haven't actually met him today not Noel Furlong no. Noel Furlong oh no Noel Furlong uh, Larry Duff you're Larry Duff yes, yes. Yeah, somebody, I never made that connection before, but mm. in episode nine, uh, Ollie mentioned that he was Kenny before Kenny. Mm. So, that, yeah. They Just had a recurring kill-offable character. Yeah, but he, as we know, he didn't actually die. The only, the only, uh, well, not yet. No, you know. never. Yeah. <laughs> so the last time we seen him, he stuck a, a staple into his head. For the phone? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. No, he got trampled by donkeys. <laughs> the last time we yeah. saw him, so... Well, let's see well, what happens I'm next. I'm sure he's fine. He's he's sure he's fine. He'll be grand. He'll be grand. Like the brand. That's his problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ted, Ted tries to, uh, you know, he tries to go out in the community. Now, he, mm. now he's finding out that uh, this rumor's going around that he's racist. So he goes out and he tries to go into a Vaughn's pub mm. and he gets egged on his way in. And uh, he doesn't realise this is now Chinatown, so he, mm. he goes to the pub <laughs> and everyone in... I do like the idea of Craig Allen having his own Chinatown. This is yeah, all of yeah. a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I think... I suppose every uh, every little community has its own little community. Like yeah. it was like take it, even if you take it as small as possible, it'll still fracture out. Yeah, <laughs> there'll still be a, a minor ghettoization. But I suppose that's mm. naturally what happens with immigrant mm. communities because, like in Dungannon, there's a very big Portuguese population. In Dungannon, yeah, yeah, which wow. is which I find very specifically odd. Portuguese. Yes, yeah, because uh, like I didn't realize it was that much of a immigrant um, populace mm. of Portuguese people but yeah there's in well, I, know, I know like in Northern Ireland like Polish is spoken way more frequently than Gaelic by like a quite a large margin I'd say that I'd say that's that's all, about yeah. 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 all about Chinese and uh, then again Gaelic is like just kind of like more of a recreational use language yeah well exactly there's a there's a Gaelic area it's just uh, showing off isn't it <laughs> 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 well, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I mean sometimes I do think looking for funding yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes I do think like you know, if, uh, if the Irish language is like, you are just trying to shoehorn it in. Well, it's one of those situations, like, uh, it's like the controversial part where, like, you just totally, like, it's like, is it isn't life support, guys. Like, just just keep pumping out there. Like, at yeah. some point, does someone just going to come up with a pillow and just go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shh, 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 it'll be okay, it'll be okay. But uh, because there was the Irish language, then of course, there had to be an Ulster Scots, which yeah, well, was just a balance. Culture is a weird yeah. thing sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, yeah, the, the Portuguese population in Dungannon, mm-hmm. so when the Euros and stuff are on, they, they get a lot of... I think they're working in the Cookstown, or Cookstown Meats Factory, I think, mm-hmm. is what they're all working, so... Does Dungannon have a Nando's now? I don't know. I haven't been in Dungannon in an awful long time. I don't think I've actually stopped either, in Dungannon. I don't know if yeah. I've ever actually been in Dungannon. I know I've done Dun- Dungannon, but I never actually... There's a bus I station I can't there. confirm yeah. I've been there or not. <laughs> well, I've, I've been to the bus station and I've watched Tyrone play. But the 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 pitch mm. is actually quite for, a bit yes. to the fringe of the town, so mm. it's uh, I haven't actually been inside the town, so I don't actually know much about mm. Dungannon, even though it's only ten miles up the road from where I grew up. See, when stuff's on your doorstep, you never you never actually explore it, uh-huh. do you? 
Uh, I just recently found out there's a place nearby called, well, it's, it's spelled Belvoir Park. Beaver Park. Beaver. It's, it's yeah. no, there's an L. The L needs to be respected. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a name. That's right? an English thing. It's a name. No, there's, there's a, it's B E L V O I R, right? Which is kind of like a French sort of like you know take from. So it's not Beaver. It's Belvoir. And it says otherwise is ignoring the factors of an L and not their name. Yeah, but see the thing is that same that same area. Mm. There's uh, Belvoir Estate and then the Beaver Park. And is it's it, like is it called Belvoir Estate? Well, and then there's Belvoir Lettings. Well, no, do the people from Belvoir Estate call it Belvoir Estate because they're a little more pretentious? Or is no, it it's, <laughs> a, it's actually a very working class loyalist estate. Uh, really? There was a How does it even work out? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there was a loyalist shooting there a few months ago. There's always a loyalist shooting anywhere. A couple years but ago. The, yeah, this this is this is one of the rare ones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, to get off those heavy topics. <laughs> back, to uh, the, back to comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took a one to help Ted out. I thought he'd help him come up with an idea. Here's an idea, right off the top of my head. Now, I haven't thought it through, so it's probably not brilliant, but what the hell? I'll just talk and see what comes out. Anyway. How about some sort of special event, uh, celebrating all the different cultures on Craggy Island, and then people would think you're a fantastic man instead of a big racist? <laughs> My God. What? That's a good idea. No, it isn't. <laughs> It is! No, Ted, there's probably something wrong with it. You just haven't thought it through. No, no, Dougal, you've had a brilliant idea. <laughs> but break it down for me a bit more. What would an event celebrating all the different cultures on Craggy Island actually be like? What? <laughs> what would it involve? I mean, celebration, yes, but what form could it take? Ted, I want out. <laughs> what do you mean? I went too far too soon. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into, Ted. I didn't know you had to follow up a good idea with loads more little good ideas. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted. I'm going to sleep in the spare room. He comes up with uh, ideas, like Donald Trump comes up with uh, policy mm. statements by just <laughs> spitballing whatever. The first thing that comes into his head. I did like the whole, like, you've had a good idea, Dougal, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then just immediately getting scared and wanting off. Yeah, and, and actually leaving the room. <laughs> and, yeah. and I didn't know how to follow up a good idea yeah. with lots and lots of other smaller good ideas. <laughs> but yes, I think Donald Trump's actually realising that for himself as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> As uh, Father Fitzpatrick finds out, sheltering war criminals can be a stressful business. You old fool, I've sheltered you for 50 years. You've never even made me a cup of tea. You make the tea, I do the washing up. <laughs> when did you do the washing up? I did it for the whole of 1947. And again, in 1973. You liar, you broke all the plates and then you went, Ah, I am so tired. I never had to wash up plates when I was in the Wehrmacht. Oh, never. You're driving me insane. I'm going to take a Valium. Oh, I want one too. Oh, why must you ape everything I do? <laughs> Wait, these aren't Valium. These are the cyanide we kept for emergencies. <laughs> you put cyanide next to the Valium, you old fool. That's asking for trouble. Oh, shut up. You shut up, we've only got 15 seconds to live. That is just fine by me. Good, that's fine by me too. Good. I'm glad it is. Good, I'm glad you're glad it is. Good, good. <laughs> Especially when it comes to divvying up the house, household chores. <laughs> I his, like that. His, uh, his, his uh, guest did the dishes in 19, 1973. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like a sort of like an odd couple, but one of them happens to be a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody's trying to make a sitcom just based on that situation. Mm. 
Um, but uh, he puts the he puts the cyanide pills right beside the right beside the Valium. That's just classic, asking for trouble. Classic yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just like you know. Oh, I, I think oh, I've taken them. I like they're like the casualness about like we're gonna die. Let's yeah, about yeah. <laughs> but not back down either. <laughs> well, see, they, they did say it was the emergency, the emergency uh, uh, cyanide. So they clearly were preparing to take up at some point. Well, they, they were I, think they were, they were, I think they were just basically inevitably waiting for like whenever like you know they find out if somebody finds them. Right. Yeah. But was Father Fitzpatrick then? He was actually involved in apart, apart from harboring a war criminal. Was he? I think he was also considered uh, some kind of like involvement in the war. Although age wise, I don't know how it works out. I'd say well, I'd say it's probably consistent age-wise. I don't know. There's no implication that he was in Germany or anything. No, but he was just a great admirer of the Führer. Um, <laughs> Hal von Hydras wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose the uh, I suppose like they're prepared for some the somebody to burst through the door and mm. put them put them in Nuremberg mm. trial sort of situation. So they had the cyanide there. Mm. So they're probably happy in Nuremberg. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're probably happy enough that they got such a good innings in the end. Mm, yeah. So when they're so casual about uh, blase, but yeah, <laughs> you fucking asshole. No, you're a fucking yeah, asshole. Well, that's <laughs> said nothing. <laughs> yeah, and Mrs. Doyle, yeah, she's we said she's been uh, suffering from a bit of uh, chiropractic difficulties. Mm. Uh, so she slips on on uh, Ronaldo's bicycle and falls down the stairs. Holy Mary, Yeah, and the amount of prayer she says on the way down. Mm-hmm. So right. <laughs> somebody answered. But I, think, uh, I think she's a very good physical actor in regards to that. Well, exactly. The, the, the timing of coming up and uh, just beaming yeah. to the camera, breaking the fourth wall, I think. Mm. Which is yeah, a, technically, yeah. Which has only happened, I think, it's only, uh, Jack has done that before. So Jack and now Mrs. Doyle mm. have broken the fourth wall. Well, that's because Mrs. Doyle, well, Jack's insane, so he's got kind of like that Deadpool factor where he can just basically occasionally break the fourth wall because he's nuts. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he, he, he literally addresses the, the audience at the end of an episode and just goes, Fick off! <laughs> yeah, which is a side out to our show, of course, on our theme tune, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, Chad decides to uh, after after hearing to Dougal's good idea of having a sort of festival mm. to to sort of you know embrace the the new cultures in Trigger Island. He has a has an ethnic diversity festival, and the the soundtrack is Kung Fu fighting. That song will never die, will it? No, there will always be an excuse to play that song. I remember when I was in teenage discos listening to that. There, and like the thing is, like you're 16 year old, going like, yeah, I'm doing Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> then like you know when you're anywhere older, you look back and go, oh. I was such a dick. <laughs> well, Kung Fu got a big sort of hit in the seventies, you know, with all the yeah. movies and stuff. And uh, well, yeah, well, like the, the uh, sort of like the Kung Fu like Asian exploitation take of it, like, like yeah, like the thing that came to a part, like a culmination, like Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon is kind of like a an epic that, that, point. That's for the point, high point, yeah, yeah, which is just a brilliant little exploitation film of like Asian, but it is also just a genuinely good film. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a brilliant martial arts film. Mm. And then Jackie Chan came along, and Jackie mm. Chan is one of the greatest physical comedy. Oh, he's art fantastic. Practitioners like, of he's, all time. Like he's like Buster Keaton, but like on amphetamines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything he does is just mm. so perfectly timed and mm. so perfectly staged, and even the camera work. Uh, well, even like some of his early death stuff, like the amount of punishment he put himself through is yeah, ridiculous just, just for the sheer I've like, seen him fall off heights this high like you're in like a pretty tall building so like uh, you would fall down that get back up and do another take and run up the lamppost yeah. and uh, jump off a moving lorry and you know just hide in a, in a basement and the, there was one where he 
<laughs> there was in a, a fly like he came up with these ridiculous situations mm. just to have these great stunts mm. so there's a fly paper factory oh. so uh, while he was fighting he was getting stuck to the fly paper and he had to take his shoes off and then his his hand gets stuck so he'd have to take his jacket off and the Pure other guy physical comedy it, yeah. it's brilliant and I like, always did guiltily like the outtakes at the end of his films where, like, yes you, you saw how, how much effort he put in my favourite one was for a police story 2 right the sequel to the, the seminal fantastic police story 1 but Police Story 2 he had a stunt where like he had to get from one street to another street but he was on the roof of the building and he had to get to the other side of the street in like five seconds now being kind of like Hong Kong there's like buses going everywhere right so he just jumps in one bus jumps in another bus jumps in another bus and then jumps through the sugar glass and gets in and he fights the bad guys and you think oh classic Jackie that's how it in the film until you see the outtakes right where he jumps in one bus jumps in another bus jumps in another bus and then jumps through the wrong window, which is an actual window. Oh. Fucking hell. And then a custom and outtakes him just landing there going like, ah, oh, and there's like his, his Jackie John, John stunt him like taking the glass out of him. He's going, ah. Oh, oh, shit, shit. And you're actually going, ah, oh, Jackie. This is kind of hilarious as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it, like, he's he's absolutely brilliant. And, and they're, still, they're still producing some brilliant martial arts films, like with Tony Jaa and mm. The Raid and Tony stuff. Tony Jaa is amazing. Like, so I've yeah, seen, is it? Right, yeah. Well, I know, I'd call it Tony, because there's two ways. I imagine it's like a, yeah. Uh, well, so Ted Ted puts on a, a very uh, basic slideshow, mm. and amongst the uh, amongst the slides is <laughs> the first one is uh, a black person. Can't remember the names of them, but I got on really well. I just you, wanted to put that in. Yeah, just I, start. <laughs> I do like slideshows. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a the Great Wall of China. You can see it from anywhere in the world. So that makes me think that Ted is a flat earther. <laughs> if he thinks he can see the Great Wall of China, let's just assume mm. that he, he uh, you know. The, the, I think it's just like, like this is basically like here's an example of Ted just. Gallivant through ignorance, yeah, like, like breakneck speed. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I just love the idea of him with like a pen and paper, thinking, how can I make them not think I'm racist? <laughs> yeah, what China? Right, the Great China. Wall of China. What can we come with China? <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to take like, the fact that it can be from space, which is a lie in itself. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that is. And a, then just misconstrued a further thing. We see from anywhere in the world. It's just absurdist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he, the next one he came up with was Chairman Mao, mm. uh, which he was the chairman of the, the biggest uh, communist party, and in Ted's in Ted's opinion, the, the best. best yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's losing the crowd here a bit, mm. but he comes back with Mr Miyagi, mm. who's the best thing in Japanese. Mr. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is that, I haven't seen correctly. No, he, he's a Japanese character. It's kind of like, right, basically okay. like all the Asians look the same. So like, yeah, yeah right, like okay. Mr Miyagi, Karate Kid. He's from Japan. Yeah, Japan and China. Yeah, don't mix them up guys <laughs> uh, and then he goes to uh, Kato now I had to actually look up where that was from did you guys Kato was right? from the Pink, Pink Panther, Panther movies yes yeah. uh, so I found that out subsequently you'll never know where any spring up from next <laughs> well that was actually one of the best things about those Pink Panther movies where like it's basically a Inspector Clouseau played by uh, what's the name uh, Peter Sellers Peter Sellers and uh, it's occasionally he'd be going about his business which is and then just Kato would yeah. just turn jump out and right. just start fighting him and then you get out of nowhere and improv and the thing is he's hard specifically to do that just to keep him on his edge at yeah. all times right so that's kind of like how his character works like he hires this one guy to attack him at random that will right okay just so he's always on edge see because that's, that's good that's the, keeping you sharp like. yeah <laughs> but it, obviously it's high comedy whenever it kicks in and stuff yeah. goes horribly wrong because the, whenever they have their fights it's just two guys it's, like, it's pretty much like bottom before bottom was a thing like just two guys beating each other up in the most insane ways for an entire room brilliant brilliant <laughs> uh, and then uh, he just sums up 
the Chinese a grip bunch of lads <laughs> 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 and then at the end, while he's while he's uh, summing up then there's also the the, uh, the projection oh, gets stuck in a loop. Sub- yes, with a picture of Ted and not a racist, <laughs> just <laughs> looping constantly. Uh, it's just, in case the message didn't get through, mm. uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> he uh, well, the crowd sees right through it. Well, the crowds are only for the free booze. Us to be well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 Everyone's uh, manipulating everyone. They obviously appreciate the free booze because he, he it works. Well, the slideshow was a big pile of crap. <laughs> the free drink. Very much appreciated. Thank you, Father Crilly. Yes, well, I just wanted to clear things up. I'm not a fascist. I'm a priest. Fascists dress in black and go around telling people what to do. Whereas, priests... More drink! Hooray! To China! Hooray! To Craggy Island! Hooray! More drink! Hooray! I'm sorry, the bar's closed. Hooray! <laughs> How about everyone comes back to my place for a drink? Hooray! Wait, I need to go to the toilet first. Hooray! Yeah, well, that's, that's what the that's what Chinese man says. Like, uh, the presentation was a little shite. Yeah. But free booze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ted says, I'm not a fascist or a priest. Unlike, unlike fascist One of priests. the best jokes in Father Henry. Yeah. Sorry, go continue. Well, they, they dress in black and tell people what to do, whereas priests... Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, again, like they, they absolutely puncture the yeah. the just the reverence of holding the church to this higher mm. you know, this higher degree. Like it, it just all it's those like soft, soft, but in case you get a nice yeah. truism joke. But that's I think that's what made it more effective mm. in, in completely butchering the church. Like if it had just been like an Eve Connolly sort of idea of just Look how stupid they are, eh? Yeah. Look at these guys. Look, look, they're fucking well, that's so kind of, hypocrites. That's kind of like the Salvage Eye kind of take on it. Where yeah. It's like, like, no, like, they're funny in a way, but it's like kind of like a one-shot take. Yes, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and Savage Eye is not too funny. No, it's like right. a British, it's like an Irish R- sketch R- show. RT. Oh, okay, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, like some good stuff. Some very good stuff. And was 90s, was it? Or recently? A few years. So I haven't seen much of RTs since I left, mm. left Oma, which was when I was 18. Since you've moved from the border, effectively. Yeah. Where you, well, yeah, pretty yeah, where you could actually get it. Well, you had to get an RT booster with mm. this little white no, you had little two, box. Sure, I also had one point one way. Yeah. Well, that's not a Oh, yes, the RT aerial. That's where you get your like your bag of mice from Mars and your turtles. There's better kids' cartoons. Oh, he has some damn good, like the Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Which you can't see anywhere else. Cadillacs and dancers, fuck. Yeah, mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Zig and Zag were fantastic. They're and even Dustin. And Dustin. Brian as well. So yeah, well, Zig and Zag sold I, out though. They sold out hard. Yeah, well, they went Channel 4, big money. I mean, yeah. You'd done the same yourself. Exactly. See, this whole, this whole criticism of people selling out it's like if you're an artist and you have a hit, you will sell it out to every fucking. Yeah. You'll milk that stone for as long. That's the whole point of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you'll never know if you ever get a hit like that again. Mm. Like, uh, was like basically so Zig and Zag are really popular. Yes, where did they move into the Big Breakfast? What? Really? Yeah, it was it was an odd move, but I suppose the anarchism of Chris Evans, I suppose, mm. was the only place they could have went. Yeah, but I was like, you just move into a breakfast show that I. That's weird. That but, is weird. But it was like either kid. Users are doing sort of edgy, dodgy kids sort of well, comedy. They were delaying the news routinely by about 10, 10 minutes every day. Yeah. Like Ray Darcy was sitting there, like laughing his head off, like completely mm. losing all semblance of professionalism. Mm. His his his, his, his uh, forehead was actually shining. He was laughing <laughs> at one, and he says, "We can't. We're about ten minutes later. We have to get to the next cartoon because we're going to miss the news." Like they were doing this routinely. It was brilliant. There was no rule set. 
And I, I attribute a lot of, you know, the Celtic Tiger and Ireland's own self-confidence to... That weird little, like, you no know, spike. That yes. They had. The, the, well, to Father Ted and to Zig and Zag. I and thought this, so the Celtic Tiger was Zig and Zag. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. Wow. Not quite. <laughs> well, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, the Celtic Tiger was very short-lived, of course, but... It's because Tigers can't live in this climate. Well, this is true, this is true. But at the bar, they start ringing toast, like, to China, way! To free drink, way! Anything, yay! You have to go to the toilet, And I think that became, to Martha! Yeah. To Arthur, I think that... yeah, Because that immediately what came into my head, for people outside of Ireland who might not be familiar with this, in about 2012, was it? Mm. Guinness, like the company that owns Guinness, Diageo, oh. invented this holiday, mm. Arthur's Day. 1759, so... He works in a bar, so he's... His oh, it would have been... Yeah, when was it? It would have been 2009 then, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, 250 years or whatever. But yeah. uh, they invented this Arthur's Day, which mm. was like a Thursday in September. And it wasn't any date. It was just they decided they wanted to sell more Guinness. Yeah. International by your goddamn Guinness Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like, they're... Their fucking sales spiked like by you know five thousand percent or something. Yeah, it died day. down a wee bit now. Like, well, it went because for a few years. Yeah, it went for about four years, and they were organising festivals in Dublin and Belfast and everything. Mm. Like uh, my friends saw free gigs everywhere. Yeah. secret gigs and all. Yeah, my friends saw a uh, Biffy Clyro upstairs in Laveries, mm. like for free. It was so a secret what gig. Laveries um, gigs like you're at this like free Guinness gig and like you know you're freaking a Guinness and Arthur's Day. Some what happens if they like, start drinking like harp or something or like no, no, you just had to be in the bar at the of the day yeah it's like guinness. a law like they have like the guinness police to sit around just making sure everyone's drinking guinness i'd, I'd say it's be, but there's like tenants in guinness or delgio and tenants have yeah. pretty much the market of the two enough, bars yeah. mm. so some of the bars are guinness bars some are tenants bars mm. guinness gave bought bands mm. for arthur's day and put them just the 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 them around all ireland so you go to a guinness bar on mm. arthur's day and you might see biffy claro or yeah whoever well if you be there yeah, so, see, so, so all they wanted was people in the bars yeah, and drinking Diageo products, yeah. products, which is... doesn't matter, because they're supplying pretty much all the drinking yeah. in there anyway, so... Like, uh, Sean, who had on the... I'm feeling very cynical now about this whole thing. Oh, yeah, it was, it was complete... Like, everything about Guinness mm. is a complete marketing bullshit. Like, mm. even, you know, the two-part two, two part pour and all that shit. Oh, I remember, I remember like, that it was, like... Wait, like, no, it's not. That's mean that's... They had, like, Murphy's. Yeah, yeah. Murphy's was a bit of a problem for them recently. Like, like Murphy's came out. Remember, like, the Murphy's, I was, like, the samurai come in. It's like, Murphy's, and they do, like, the really cool thing. And Guinness was like, yeah, we're going to have that in the button bed right now before it becomes a thing. Well, yeah, see, Murphy's can't... Like, there's, there used to be, like, three or four different types of stouts mm. you could get. But, like, Arthur Guinness, you know, this, this is a similar of Ireland. Mm. Like, I remember seeing Foo Fighters and Slain and, you know, Dave Grohl sitting there shouting, Guinness, yeah, Guinness! Thanks, Dave Grohl. Arthur, Arthur Guinness <laughs> was a spy uh, mm. for the British government. And he was... Uh, Englishman as well. Yeah, he, mm. he wouldn't hire Catholics. He was uh, he was instructed by the British, by Dublin Castle, the, the you know, the well, British... Well, so that's just a case of Queen washing history. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, but definitely. But he does make a nice paint, look. Well, is it even that nice? Like, it's just really... I could do like a Guinness, but there is... I don't even like Stout. That's the thing. Well, I'm, see, I'm strictly a beer guy. That's if, if he, well, I've, I've had a few starts last night. That I was going to say the bottles were sitting there, but I tidied up today. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Guinness is, is nothing like any other start. Because the other starts are thin and they have no foam or anything. They're just, you know, they're just black liquid. In fact, they were both branded Guinness. They were just different types of Guinness stout. Just not the one you know of. But anyway, uh, I want to wrap this up. Um, yeah, and then uh, Ted, Ted's delivery from his uh, bequeathment from Father Patrick arrives and... 
it's basically just all the Nazi memorabilia, which <laughs> unfortunately happens to be when he has everyone back at the house for a but bit of a laugh. It's such bad luck because Mrs. Doyle is now cured and can can Put do what she thought from Habitat around the house and uh, yeah. da- decorate and clean, and she's doing what she thinks right. But it's unfortunately it's the wrong Father Fitzpatrick's Nazi memorabilia. Poor circumstances. Yeah, yeah. It's so unlucky. <laughs> Well, Especially after all the whole Chinese thing that's been going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. What are the really odds of that? Like, you know those episodes you and go, what are the odds of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he left her with the instructions of, right, the delivery's coming, just put everything up, you know, it's, it'll be all the uh, the rugs and, you know, all that or sort of thing. I'll leave that to you. Cause off that's, man, yeah. boom. <laughs> you're, you're the woman, you know this sort of stuff. So Mrs. Doyle, she just picked it out. She, she didn't know what, to, what he had actually ordered, so she just put up whatever he had. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't recognise the, uh, the symbols on the no, all the swastikas and whatnot. Too, I think she's, well, I think it's Mrs. Doyle's kind of like it's one of those innocent features she has about her, unless it's like tea related or have been like the actual like you know orderly caretaking of an actual like priest estate. Yeah, she doesn't really know about it. Well, she was given an order and she carried it out. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So she did her job. She 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 lives to serve. <laughs> she's but a soldier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's when we have the uh, hamster come through on the bicycle. Mm. And then after that, of course, as we've already mentioned, the, the when Te- when Jack gets delivered. Mm. But what was Ted thinking, really, when he had a box of forty bottles of whiskey? In, in if the Jack presence, even got a whiff of that, it was exactly. Just, it was it was already game over. Like he mm. shouldn't have had it anywhere near the parochial house. It should have been, you know, mm. stowed in like some. It should have been ordered yeah. for someone to just. It, in fact, they went to parochial hall in the first place. That was a mistake. Yes, should yeah. have been near there. Jack's got like a sex instinct for this very Exactly, yeah. exactly. He should have had, had John and Mary just signed mm. for it or something, just go yeah. around and collect it or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just, when I was watching the episode today, I thought it was a very odd way of ending. Mm. It seemed like a sort of tacked on joke at the end, but you've mm. actually, you've won me around by saying, yeah, they built yeah, it up. Well, he built up like him in a box. Him wearing like Nazi uniforms is basically because like Father Jack does carry a certain amount of like just chaos wild card. To him. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Which, the wild you card. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen to him. Like, why is he wearing like the Nazi uniform? Because he's Captain Jack. He's he's like he's, he's Father Jack. He's he's Father. Do you really say Captain Jack there? Yeah, I actually went to Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm thinking Pirates of the But uh, overall, then, what's your thoughts on the episodes? Mm. A very good episode. Very good story. Like, it's, it's one of those things you can start to see like the uh, evolution of like Grimm and him as a writer, given two years off. Obviously, he's going to come back strong yeah. for that first episode. And, well, uh, no, I'm going to sorry. No, but uh, the thing is, like, there's lots of like you can definitely once you take it back and spend two hours talking about it, the structure becomes very available. Like, there are several things happening at once. Things we like, take like Mrs. Doyle can't do her job. Uh, Father Ted tries to do it, does not like it. Therefore, when she gets better, just leave it to her. Yes, which means sort of like organically. That's why she's able to put everything out. Yeah, you, now that you mentioned it, that it was incredibly well, like a hugely packed episode. There's so much just, happening. Yeah. In it. Logically, everything just kind of clicked in its place like a good game of Tetris, kind of. Yes. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about yourself? Uh, I, as again, I have to agree. I just thought that the the writing style was a bit different. In mm. the fact, there was so much setup yes. and sort of hidden jokes coming up later on. It's a bit of more surprises. And again, I think it was just the development, and also probably they were just trying new things out, mm. and they were playing around and. As a first episode, it's like oh, like so many changes happened. I mean, Ted was away and back. Yes, the yeah. Chinese Chinese community. Mm. Father Jack kind of a first start developed the new thing. Yeah, it was like what it made me excited for the rest of the season whenever I first mm. watched it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a two year break. It probably did have a lot 
a lot of ideas mm. then refresh and everything because um, I definitely think it's a top fiver episode mm. this is going to be well it has like the classic like, like if you talk about the father Ted with like the, the swastika moustache and the gist laden that is like easily a top 10 moment yeah and, and there's a few of them in this episode actually and plus people have all said so here you're racist now that's part of like the yeah. uh, pop culture now yeah uh, it's a, yeah exactly so mm. that's a endlessly quotable line mm. it's been memed as we said um, and yeah the, mm. the image of Ted like that's another brilliant image mm. the socks conversation which uh, I mentioned earlier I forgot where which episode that was actually yeah. in mm. and the, fa- the fact it was in this one I was like how did you squeeze that in there mm. like there's not there isn't a dull moment in this episode the biggest thing has to do is that's again the play organic set up the joke about Habitat a joke about Habitat but also it serves the purpose of you get stuff from a shop for priests that Mrs. Doyle would collect yeah. Whenever she's good to do it again, all comes together in yeah. this nice organic. There's not, a, there's not a wasted note like there's mm. yeah. And the fascist priest joke as well. I mean, yes, yeah. perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mentioned the top fivers. We haven't actually had one in a while, mm. so we had three, four, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There was a big streak of brilliant mm. episodes, and then then this one. So they had they had been not dropping off, but they hadn't been hitting those yeah. like massive uh, highs. Well, I think the, the, back the gap probably helped them then. Yeah, definitely. And this has been rated 9.0 on um, on IMDb, which mm. is the highest rating of any episodes that we've done the podcast on so far. It won an award as well, I think. This, uh, this particular one? I think uh, it won like a BAFTA or something? Or? Browns, Rose Dole. Well, now, was that a posthumous? Oh, BAFTA? right, okay, right. Was, right. That a, was that a posthumous kind of I BAFTA type deal? I don't know. Well, no, they won, they won the BAFTA for best series in series one and series three. Mm. In series two, uh, I did check this the other day. I can't remember what. It. I'm getting the impression series two is a bit of a, a weak one. I, I don't think it was a weak ep- or series. I think it's just because there was more episodes. Like mm. there's uh, there's only eight episodes in this. I think series, it was like, you get season 10. one well thought out. Season two, you have to get the second season out as hard as you can, quick as you can. Yeah, more episodes. A difficult second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the it? sophomore, year. and then mm. two years hiatus. Season three, of course, is going to have a much more distilled take on the comedy. Well, you say that. I mean. Season one only had two of my top fivers, mm. whereas season the pretty much the whole of the first half of season two. This is killer. Was top fivers, yeah. Mm. Um, and this is as I say, now, Turby, who was on the show and reviewed episode uh, fourteen for us, mm. he he said that uh, he didn't look forward at all to season three. Mm. Uh, there is a few duds in season three, I think. Fair enough, happens. But yeah, so when we get through them, we'll mm. we'll go at them uh, bit by bit. But this is definitely. The top five. No, it's what yeah. you call a strong opening, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, a brilliant reintroduction. I just want to think. Yeah. Season three is. Uh, do you have the one of like uh, with them stuck in the caves? Is that in this third season? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's a classic. Do you think so? Because I don't have. I'm not the biggest fan of that one. No, it's basically I, it's just, it just, had it's, some nice. It had it had a really good Graham Norton part in it. Like yeah. him doing like the whole like Bohemian Rhapsody by yeah. himself. And also like the uh, the guy, uh, what's his name from uh, One Foot in the Grave? See, that's what I didn't like. See. <laughs> no, but like, come on, is it, is it one of those things like you know, if you meet a celebrity, go on and go on well, do, do that. Yeah, that was nice. That was yeah, like yeah, that's so I'm gonna, I want to see how they treat that yeah. from the perspective of you know, thirty-year-old mm. uh, ah. rather than a nineteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, I so. love the Speed Three episodes that comes up. Oh, yes. the Speed Three episodes, fantastic! Yeah. It's, yeah. Is there like, anything no. to be said for having another no. mass? Yeah. yeah. So we got those yeah. come off. So no, no spoilers, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, is that but the season where we kick, kick Bishop Brennan up the hole? Is that the season? That's off? yeah. That's going to be our culture night episode. That's see. That also is that's a, that's an accent hang episode as well because it's doing the most unspeakable horrible thing. Yeah. And yeah. then it goes on. But then again, that's for another episode. That's, that's, that's for us to come up. So that's, that'll be. So you can come actually and watch that uh, that particular episode when we review it. It'll be at culture night. Ah. Uh, and. Uh, 
location to be confirmed. But uh, yeah, so we'll be doing a live episode on Culture Night, and you're of course welcome to come along and bring your friends. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're really excited about that. Uh, I will be in Edinburgh this week doing our second roadshow episode nice. on, right, right. on Wednesday. I'm with, roadshow already? <laughs> yeah, I've done one in London, episode nine. Uh, with the London comedy writers, so this is the Belfast comedy writers, and I've already done the London yeah. comedy writers. So I'm meeting a few more of the London comedy writers on Wednesday in Edinburgh. Uh, hopefully, meet a few people. You should be careful about the Edinburgh comedy writers because they're, they're they're tough guys. Like they are, yeah. I've heard that. that. They're not. Thing they're nothing like the Glasgow ones. No, <laughs> no they're, they're just a weird chapter yeah. of the comedy. <laughs> it's like unless you're the laughing cow, you don't want to know about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so we'll call it there then. Uh, thanks very much for coming coming oh, all the way over. No problem. And uh, hope I'm not holding you back from work or anything. You're you're going straight to work in the next. No, well, so? it's eleven o'clock, so yeah. it's yes, well within well within time. The fact that I actually recently thought you were in Lisbon, so we thought we'd have to get a taxi down and get a taxi yeah. back. Well, no, we're in South Central, South Central Belfast. So well, <laughs> like, well, at this point, I have like Nordic, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, well, thanks very much for listening. Um, mm. As I said, we have the subreddit, uh, or we're on the Father Ted subreddit. We're going to discuss what we've been uh, chatting about on the episodes. Mm. Uh, we're on Facebook.com/slash Ecumenical Matters. Mm. Uh, we're on SoundCloud and we're on iTunes. Give us a rating and review. And bless you.